Hi, and welcome to People Keep Dying, a podcast where we talk about people who die. I'm your host, Angela. And I'm Stephanie. And today we got our new episode and I finally covered (laughs) a serial killer, which is kind of interesting for me. But I wanted to mention that um, there was someone I wanted to cover. There was a Russian guy named Anatoly Moskovin. Yeah. Who like took little kid like little girls i think from the graveyard and like sh- stuffed them into dolls and i was going to cover that originally I'm sorry he took dead bodies yeah okay and i think he also killed a couple of them but anyways oh. um undercover coven actually covered them oh. in, a pr- in a pretty recent episode yeah. so i was like instead of doing that i'll just mention them and so that <laughs> way you guys can listen t- about this really creepy russian guy yeah it's been so, a, and it's also been a little while since we've recorded. I apologize. I'm a little sick right now, um, but hopefully we're all very forgiving of your yeah. sickness. What are you talking to me about today? You said a serial killer. So I'm covering a Korean serial killer. <gasps> so you're not going to know anything about yeah, this, which no, will I make won't. it very interesting. But in the end of it, I'm gonna. I added like a Reddit story I found about Ooh. him, and it's not verified because it's obviously hard to verify a story that someone yeah. tells you. But and it sounds super creepy, and I wanted to say it. Okay. Well, I'm excited. So this is pretty recent. How recent? Like two thousands, early two thousands. Uh. So Yu Yong Chol was born April eighteenth, nineteen seventy, in Kochan County, South Korea, and I'm gonna call him Yu. So okay. I'm not talking about you. Yeah. But <laughs> you is you, you did this. And if I just keep saying Young Charles over and over again, you'll just be like get very yeah. confused with all the Korean names added in later. Yeah. So let's just That's say right. you. You. So due to his parents separating shortly after his birth, you was raised by his grandparents along with his siblings for a few years, which is what I think is pretty you know, pretty much what always happens, right? Like if your family, if your parents fall yeah. apart, your grandparents take you in. And yeah, your parents or your older parent or your older siblings and stuff like that. It, ha- it happens all the time. Yeah. So they would eventually move in with their father in the Mapo district of Seoul um, after his dad comes back. So. It's so like authentic <laughs> to where it is versus me saying it was like, oh, it's Seoul. Seoul. <laughs> or like when you hear like when people go Toronto and you're like, no, don't no, say that to me, no. please. <laughs> You're not native. Yeah. You're not native Canadian. Don't say it. <sighs> so youth parents were blue collar workers and had money problems. It was due to his poverty that the children at school would make fun of him, which is the root of his resentment of wealthy people. Ugh, kids are the fucking worst. Yeah, they like, are. Oh my God. School kids are the worst too, because like they don't, you're making fun of somebody and it's not even like, it's not that they child's fault it. that they're yeah. poor. Like I'm sure he doesn't want to be poor. He doesn't want to wear these rags. He's not happy. He doesn't want to smell like dish soap. Which yeah. Is like what I read is like a big indicator, but I'm like, how dish are you soap? supposed? Yeah. Like if you're so poor, you can't um, buy detergent. So you usually use dish soap Ooh. to clean things. Well, I mean, at least he smells like soap. But like, I mean, like, that's apparently like the big, like, I was reading of a, like, how you can tell if a kid came from oh a poor gosh. family thing. And I'm like, this is really sad that like, Definitely but not I mean, here. we have all these flavored, so flavored dish soaps. We have all these scented, scented dish soaps. Well, usually if you're dot point yeah. buying from whatever the cheap, the green yeah, stuff, the green stuff, that green stuff, which I grew up with. Yeah. So <laughs> we bought like, you know, we're Korean. So we There's definitely. There's worse things you could smell like when you're poor. Trust me. Yeah. Like mold. Yeah. Anyways, he found interest and solace in the fine arts Ooh. so much that he applied to high school that specialized in that field. Interesting that he's like resentful of wealthy people, but he's into the fine arts because the two usually go hand. Well, not hand in hand, but wealthy people usually. Yeah. Buy but I think the it was like his escape. Yeah. 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 But in this is like a joke, but in like a similar way to Hitler. <laughs> who was rejected from his fine art school and then did oh. a downward spiral. So did this guy. Oh, downward yeah, spiral. Guys, apply again. Yeah. Or like, <laughs> don't give up on your arts. Just like, stick with arts. Yeah. Like you don't, don't go have directly to, into killing people. Yeah. You really like it. It doesn't need to be a thing where you can draw or you can stab someone. Yeah. Like there are plenty of other things you can do. Cook. Yeah. Um, Oh Cooking is always a skill you can have and <laughs> always can find a job doing as a cook. Yeah. Generally speaking, and if you can't cook, you can serve. Yes. 
but there'll Hopefully. always be someone that'll be eating that wants to be served or cleaning or cleaning Cleaning's always a good one so he ended up being rejected from that school that's a and end up at a technical school which is where everything went wrong where his soul went to die and i'm pretty sure there's lots of people who get re- rejected from art schools yeah. that don't go want to kill tons of people no but that wasn't him <laughs> well he was obviously like just so angsty mm-hmm So during his high school years, he took up some petty crime and ended up serving a bit of time in juvenile detention. What kind of petty crime? Like stealing, you know, stealing and normal shit. And also later on, um, worse shit. So (laughs) Oh, it escalated? escalated What a shocker. Very quickly. (laughs) You married in 1992 or 1993, depending on which article you were reading, which was kind of annoying. Oh, I hate it when they do that. Like Wikipedia was like 1992, but then I read another article that it linked to that said 1993, and I'm like, I don't know. Was it like a December, January thing? That's annoying. And his child was born. He had a son in 1994. And then in 1995, he was sent to jail for selling child pornography. <gasps> oh, no. But that wasn't enough for his wife to leave him just yet. What? Okay. After um, his- now, in South Korea in early 2000s, was it easy or hard for you to leave your husband? It was still easy. Like, it wasn't, it was still looked down upon. Like, even yeah. now, divorce is very, like, yeah. taboo, but you can leave your husband. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because I was going to be like, I mean, that could be a cultural thing. Yeah, but she does eventually leave him, but Uh, for uh worse reasons. (laughs) So after his release, he was arrested again and sentenced to another two years in jail in 1998 for forgery and robbery. So when he gets released again, guess what? He's still a piece of shit. And in 2000, you was arrested for raping a 15-year-old girl, which resulted in his arrest and his wife finally divorced him. Okay, so she was cool with him Child looking at the, the photos of the little girls, but, but it you can look, touching, but you can't no, yeah, touch. The touching was like the real problem. Uh, at least she had a line. So hey, I mean, you know what? At least she had a reason yeah, to yeah, leave now. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the first one was also uh, still a good reason, but yeah. sure, whatever. But I mean, maybe in the courts, like now it's like, look hey, at that. Look, yeah. look what you've done. At this point in his life, he had been convicted 14 times previously for, for different okay. charges. But 14 charges. Yeah, no, name, he's a serial offender. offender. He should definitely have gotten more than three and a half years for 14. Like, it's three strikes and you're out here, yeah, right? Yeah, but it's like, it's 14. one of those things like, this was his first rape, though. Yeah, I Like, guess. I guess they probably have, Child like, pornography should still be up there. Okay, yeah. The child pornography definitely links into the child rape. Yeah. Uh, who didn't see that one coming? Um, but, like, you can't really... If he had, like, stolen, like, $5 from, like, a convenience store, I wouldn't necessarily use that against, like, yeah. the rape. I mean, at 14, yeah, I probably... With 14 of those, I probably would have. Yeah, there's a lot three of... Three and a half years so, is where's, not There's a lot way of too many convictions for yeah. him to just gotten... Like yeah, a little a slap years. on the wrist. Like. So, of course, as soon as he gets out, guess what? He rapes the same girl because now she's legal? Nope. Oh. After his release in September 11th, 2003, his criminal ventures escalate right to murder. Well, yeah, because now he's not going to leave victims behind. No, he learned his lesson. So, on September 24th, 2003, you broke into a home of a university professor and his wife in the Kangnamgu neighborhood of Seoul, which is like... like you heard like the song Gangnam style it's a very very yeah I know sorry but he's saying it with an inflection where I'm just like (laughs) no I've never heard of that before so Gangnam's like a really really rich neighborhood in Seoul it's like the very very wealthy neighborhood of Seoul so he broke into their house specifically because they're rich yeah and they're old they're both 72 and 67 years old he stabbed the professor in the neck and hit him with a hammer and killed his wife with the same hammer. Oh, my gosh. In October 9th, 2003, you killed three seniors with a hammer in the Chongnogu region. On October 16th, 2003, back in Gangnamgu. Same hammer. Whoa. He killed a 60-year-old female with a hit to, on her head. He, I think oh from what gosh. I read, he made his own hammer, but... Or he brought, I know he brought along his own hammer, yeah. but I'm not sure if he made it because I didn't really know how you can make your own hammer. You gotta use the hammer that's in the house and then you gotta wipe the finger, wait, 
Stephanie, what are you doing? <laughs> you got to wipe the fingerprints then, off this and then you gotta got to put caught. it in the other guy's hand. Oh man. He I'm didn't so get caught twisted. this way though. So did he get caught by DNA? Cause no, okay, sorry. All he right. Didn't. Let's, just let's hear the story. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. Like, even if he had done that, he still didn't get catch, caught by DNA yeah. evidence. So it wouldn't have mattered. As oh my much. gosh. So the 60 year old female that was hit in the head on October 16th, her son found her body at one 30 in the afternoon. <gasps> But she was pronounced dead at two. Oh no! And it, on November nineteenth, two thousand three, you killed three people with a hammer in Chongnogu. So during this murder, he got hurt trying to open a safe and burnt down the house to destroy any evidence. So he didn't know to not to leave any evidence behind because yeah. he takes his hammer with him. So he no he got hurt trying to open up the safe. So he obviously knew that his blood was going to be there. And then burned down the house. And then he burned down the house to hide, yep. to burn up his own blood. So during this phase of his killing spree, Yu was mostly motivated by his hatred for wealthy people. Yu would later state that his resentment of rich of the rich stemmed from early childhood when he felt envy of a large house due to his childhood poverty so he saw other people have everything and he was jealous and i'm like you know what a lot of a lot of people feel this way they don't go around killing people yeah and you killing that person isn't gonna somehow give you that life no like you're (sighs) unless you know you're able to convince them to put their life insurance under your name yeah but that's like you have to do a long game there that's why women usually do that one men also do it too but poisonings (laughs) Yes, <laughs> so he's um he specifically targeted wealthy senior citizens as they would be easier to control yep. and left the appearance of a robbery homicide but the weird part was that even though he tried to make it look like a robbery homicide he never took money well from then what the, the fuck is he doing he's just mad he's just killing people yeah but like he's mad at them because they have money but then he doesn't take the no he money. just wants to kill them that's, he just wants that's to kill. Weird. Yeah. Well, then his motivation isn't money, or like it's not. It's rich related because he's yeah. targeting rich people, but it's not yeah. money. He just hates rich people. It's very <sighs> weird. I mean, you could have just stolen all of the money and then become rich yourself. <laughs> and you yeah. didn't need to kill anyone. But no, he just wants to kill people. He's aggressive. He is very aggressive. So on December 11, two thousand three, you met a masseuse. But most articles mentioned that she was probably a sex worker. So she was probably a sex worker yeah. that became his new girlfriend. But oh, yeah. after finding out about his criminal past, she told him she no longer wanted to see him. Uh, probably the 15-year-old child rape was yeah. like, like oh, no, nah, I don't know. Sorry. But angered by this rejection, oh, you started to target sex workers in the escort business. Oh, so he stopped on. killing old rich people and started killing sex workers. Because he's trying to, he wants to kill her, but he can't kill, kill her, her. So he kills other sex yeah. workers. And like he her. is very aggressive obviously in killing a lot of them there was like an entire list of like how when he killed all of them but it was how many um he, it overall he killed about 20 to 22 people total okay so not 22 but sex workers about like maybe at least 10 11 oh, yeah. wow so that's ex- over how much long of a period of time it's like four months okay I mean, not that that makes that any better, but no, it is is aggressive. aggressive. I was thinking that it was like once every couple weeks and then all of a sudden he went like every single day. But if he spaced them. He spaced them out. Yeah. Yeah. So on March 16, 2004, in Mapugo, which is where he lived, he choked and mutilated the body of a 23-year-old escort. mutilating them? Mm -hmm. Trashing her on a trail near his Hogang University. And he also like... By April or May, depending on which article you're reading, he lured a sex worker into his apartment, had sex with her, beat her unconscious with a hammer, decapitated her in his bathroom, <gasps> smashed in her head, mutilated the body, dismembered, and then disposed of the body in a construction site near Pongwon Temple of Ku, which is like, he just cut up the body and just spread it around everywhere yeah and, wow escalation and he decided that this was the perfect way to kill people because he killed his next nine sex workers this way nine victims so there was 11 there's 11 sex workers he killed oh my god very quickly i mean body parts are probably a little bit 
because you know what in the news the full-on body bodies were probably popping up in the news yeah um so he probably figured well if i cut them up and they're just in smaller pieces like maybe it'll be harder to find harder to find yeah i'm destroying the face so that they can't pull dental records Mm -hmm. and like these people are he said he was trying to hinder the identification of the victims on top of that sex workers are as always because it's shitty world they're kind of like Oh well, you live a high risk lifestyle, so well, well, you know, yeah. it's such bullshit. Fuck whatever. that. No one asks to be murdered. No okay. one asks to be murdered. No, I mean some, 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 some people, people do. do. Very rarely. Let's let's we'll backtrack yeah. that line. Some some people do. Very rarely. Um, but the average person is not out there looking no. to get murdered. She Sex was there to get twenty bucks asking. to suck a dick. And also, like, this is kind of an interesting tidbit I know about Korea. When you turn in your resume to work anywhere in Korea, you have to attach a picture of yourself. Oh, do you? Yes, you do. That's really good. Because they want to judge you before. Oh, they... okay, never mind. No, it's, it's not good. They want a picture of you because they want to know if you're basically attractive. If you're ugly, you're basically out completely. So if you're overweight, you're out. Like if you're overweight, yeah. you're way more likely to get rejected from a job even before an interview process. Fuck, man. It's, it's very culturally, it's like that. But there's a lot of pressure on that. There's a lot of pressure to get, you know, to use enhancements to look prettier and stuff. But whatever. yeah, that's, that's their culture. That's so, rough. So I don't really know like what the background for these sex workers are, but I was going to cover another story in, like in the future about... So would sex workers need to give a resume? I assume... They don't that, have to give a okay, resume, <laughs> but I, I do assume that it, the prettier you are, the more likely you'll oh, get yeah. more clients or better clients or better pay. Cause yeah. It's, the younger I, and prettier you are, yeah. the more you'll No get. matter where in the world you are, the prettier and younger you are, the more likely you'll get more things. Exactly. It's, yeah. So due to the high number of sex workers disappearing, pimps and sex workers started to cooperate with police to catch the killer. That's how desperate they were. They were yeah. like, way too many people are dying These way pimps too are like, I'm losing quickly. money. Yeah. We and on top to. of that, their <laughs> friends are probably just like, um, my friends, like, yeah. whatever. We don't want to go out there. Like, the other girls probably also didn't want to work because, like, they the, the girls are going to notice mm-hmm. those 11 other women going missing. So, uh. and then in in like this story specifically, this was all he was caught not because of police work, but because of the pimps working together, being Ooh. like, "We gotta get our shit done." Yeah. So because the, you're fucking with their business, man, and pimps yeah. don't like it. No, when you that's fuck why you with have pimps though to have that kind of protection. Yeah. Because if you didn't need the protection, mm-hmm. sex workers don't need pimps. That's just the yeah. truth. So local pimps noticed that men very, are gross. Well, yeah, local pimps noticed that various dead sex workers had one number um, that had a common link and notified the police about their findings. Yeah. And by the way, in like I noticed, in like I I haven't been to one, but I was reading that like a lot of the time in those massage parlors, it's usually like a very old lady that runs the place. So I wondered if the pimps are all like old ladies get get together. Um, I was actually yeah a little madam. Yeah, like a madame who like takes care oh, of you. Oh my gosh, I also, love women that do that because like you feel like you they're know safer. that she was probably One, you know a sex herself. worker when she was younger, and she like they I shouldn't say they usually are, but I I imagine that they're probably better at handling the shit. I hope than, so. Like than guys are. You know I would what I mean? hope, like, like in my head, that's how I imagine it. I'm pretty sure it's not like that. Yeah, probably they're probably a lot worse than the pimps. You're probably better off with the pimps. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> so a massage parlor noticed that several of your employees that went missing were receiving similar phone calls. Okay. The next time the phone number came up, a single police officer and several employees went to an agreed upon meeting point near Grand Mart in Mapoku, which doesn't make sense because it's like if you know someone's going on killing people, why would you send one police officer? Yeah, and then other workers. I think the other workers went because they're just like, they want to make sure this gets done. So (laughs) even better, the police officer left before you arrived, (gasps) which left the employees to apprehend you themselves. Which is like, yeah. What the fuck, police officer? Because he was probably just like, you know. Oh, he's not showing up? 
Do you take it? I, I, I wonder if you take it less seriously because sex workers died in comparison. But it was like, was it a police? Was it a male police officer that they said? They or was say. it an undercover female police officer? Because if it was a male police officer, okay, could probably be like, he probably doesn't care. Uh, if it was a woman police officer, I would hope that she was undercover and then like she would have cared a little bit, but obviously not. She left. No, but it doesn't say like what sex the yeah. police officer was, but like, I don't have a ton of like, I guess like past experiences with police officers in Korea. All of my information comes from Korean dramas, yeah. which are totally <laughs> wrong. Because you should not be watching things like that as a representation of a culture, or else yeah. everyone would think that we're trash, which we are, yeah. but we're not that trashy. Not like American like- TV trash. It's like watching like American TV and being like, oh yeah, that's how people live. Or like I watch the Grassy and it's like, that's how it is in high school for yeah. all of you guys. Right? You're like, that's what it's like in high school. No, like that wasn't my high school experience. I didn't go to high school sure. with Drake. <laughs> I actually you to went to high school with a with a cast member from the oh. Grassy. <laughs> Uh, it wasn't Drake, but it was um, one of the, I don't remember. I never fucking watched it. I just I knew know, that. I knew about it. He was in my math class and everyone would fawn all over him and I'd be oh. like, I'm just here to learn my in- integers. Just leave Integers? Is that even a math word? And it, it is. Integers. All right. Well, anyways. So um, they had to get another, like another police officer to come and place the cuffs on you because they didn't have handcuffs. Okay. So but they restrained him? They restrained. The employees restrained him. Good. And held him in place for Good. another police officer to come. So you faked an epileptic attack. Probably. And escaped the police after <laughs> his restraints were loosened. What? What is the and, police? Oh, my god! And he knew this would work as he had faked a similar attack in 2000 when he was ra- arrested for rape charges. Oh, my God gosh he, police you couldn't even like read his previous record and been like oh he's done this before i don't even think they gave he gave a name i think they just apprehended him oh, and they're okay. just they like didn't know who yeah. it was still the police are not looking so good right no. now so i mean every time you read about like these kinds of cases still police never look that good no you're always just like what the fuck why you, do you guys suck you, so much? you read about like everything that happened with bruce MacArthur, where all the people in, in the gay community were just like someone's murdering us and they're like well you live a high-risk lifestyle yeah well i mean like, oh that's my God. fucking and that was this year or last sorry. year sorry that was last year no <laughs> why are we not believing people of like Ugh. it's so frustrating which is why like when i was reading this i'm like not a lot has changed since no. 2000 we like to we like to believe and yeah. that was in canada yeah and that's yeah that's like you read about different culture and you're like okay well maybe they're different societally but then it's like this is in canada yeah and you guys are just being like well you live a high risk I'm like, no they don't how did he live a high risk lifestyle like i'm sorry we shouldn't I why just, are we so yeah. <laughs> anyways I can't so even get a sentence up. He That's was how angry I am. rearrested 12 hours later. Fortunately, he oh, was Oh, well, at least they again. caught him. So when he was arrested, he was wearing a distinctive yellow raincoat, which will come back around when I tell you the Reddit story that okay. I found. So he had a yellow raincoat. And a cap on. They found phone cards and a fake police badge he had been using throughout the year, which is how he get, gains like confidence from our people, right? Like, I'm a police officer. Oh, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. This arrest was unfortunately a few days late as his last victim was on July 13th and he was arrested on July 15th. So, okay. If they had caught him like two days earlier, that for yeah, other checks I mean, worker like, died. He, he was about to go get another victim. Mm-hmm. So at least like the least they caught him when he did. Yeah. And there was like some speculation that he might have been wearing a raincoat to like keep blood off of his clothes. So maybe he was wearing it for his next victim. Yeah, and it's easy to wash. It's a raincoat. Yeah. So during his initial interrogation, you confessed to killing 19 people. Only 19. He will go on to admit a few more murders, including a murder of a 45-year-old male street vendor and a murder of a young woman in February 6, 2004. He claimed that he thought the young woman who worked at a clothing store in Imundong was a prostitute and killed her for it oh and he gained her initial trust by impersonating a police officer that's interesting because it wasn't like he had no essentially this was before he started killing all of the sex workers so his first sex worker that he killed was in march so he confessed to one in in february so it was just kind of like oh i thought she was one and it's like 
So a month or after she's just like, you know, like you probably hit on her and she was like, ew, no. And then you killed her and then blamed Or maybe her. she said, okay, sure. Like maybe she, he asked her out and she was like, okay. And he's like a sex worker. Oh, yeah. That could be a two, right? Yeah. 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 So a month after his arrest, he would later claim that he had eaten the flesh and organs of his victims. <gasps> but there, was no any, there wasn't any evidence to prove a statement, but he did mutilate the bodies. So it's really hard to tell if he did I mean, but why not. would he, why would he say that he did if he didn't? Who knows? Ugh. You can't, you can, you can say it, but unless you can prove it is one of those things where it's like, well, can you prove it? Then we can't say it's a hundred percent true, I guess. <sighs> yeah. But I just, that's not something that people normally Usually. admit to. Yeah. I mean, so I would take him at his word. <laughs> so when you was brought to the prosecutioner's, prosecutor's office later in the month of July, the mother of the victim from Imudong rushed at you with an umbrella, screaming that her daughter would still be alive if the police captured him earlier. And in a very classy move that I read in like four different articles, a policeman kicked the mother in the chest to subdue her, (gasps) claiming that his hands were occupied and holding you. The police do not look very good in this story. No, they do not. However, um... At least there's no guns involved. They could have restrained her a little bit better. They could have. Just kicked her in the chest. Just get turned right in the chest. I'm like, was there no other police officers? There's yeah, just one like, guy holding him, and then it's just like that's. And then it. she's coming at him with an umbrella. That's, that's interesting. Was yeah. she trying to impale him? I was hope so. I would. Pokey? I don't even, like. Whenever I think about like if I had children, what would I do? I would be in jail. I would. I would be in jail. For I would sure. be too. Yeah. If I ever found out, I would for sure go to jail. Yeah. If I ever found out that someone touched. Or did anything. My, or did yeah. anything to my child. Or killed. Oh, man, that'd be different. That, Ooh, I'd be in jail. Yeah. So I'm like, I oh, can't yeah. blame her. Like, it's really hard to. No, but it's just the umbrella. The it's umbrella. just, of all the, like, it's like, it's one of those things where did she just happen to see him? Did she plan well, to she, bring they, the umbrella? They were going to the prosecutor's like, yeah. office. So I'm assuming it's like a court. So she knew yeah, he was she just, going. She just saw him and then got like, really mad. Rage that yeah. She just went at him. With, uh. So after searching Yu's apartment, they were... There were speculations that he patterned the killings after several movies, including Public Enemy, Very Bad Things, and Normal Life, which are all Korean movies that you haven't I believe watched. it. I believe it. He also later confessed being inspired by serial killer Chong Doo-yong, who had, been, who had murdered nine wealthy people in Busan from 1999 to 2000. So, like, it's, it's like, you know how America has, like, a big divide of, like, really rich people and really poor people? Yeah. Like, it's, the extremes aren't that high, but there are still those extremes in Korea. Yeah. Where you'll see people who are living off of, like, $10 a day. And, and then there's super rich people who, like, spend, you know, it makes, it, yeah. it's like this feeling you get of, like, hatred for the rich people, I guess. Yeah. No, I completely understand it. So, although there was little to no physical evidence linking him to the murders, because they, I don't think they found a hammer, or if they did, they couldn't, maybe they couldn't prove the hammers were used, you know, because it's a hammer, you know. The trial process still continued, which in America would mean, holy fuck, this guy's going to get free. Yeah. But in Korea, fortunately, he does, he he doesn't defend himself. he confessed. Yeah. So, he appeared for the first time in courts on, in September of like on September 6th, refusing to defend himself, declaring to boycott the remainder of the trial and apologize to the victims. He also said that he had no intention of stopping the murders. He's like basically like if I'm oh free, I'm just gonna kill as many people as I can. Yeah. He said <laughs> wow. women should not be sluts and the rich should know what they have done. Yeah, but That's, I mean okay. When he was forced to return two weeks later, he lunged at three presiding judges and recanted his confession of the Imudong murder, which was that girl who worked in the store. And then three weeks later, he tried to attack a spectator who cursed him. <laughs> you, you fucking walked in and was like, oh, you know what? I did it. I did it. Sorry. Whatever. And then like a couple weeks later, he, he had a tired. change of thought. Yeah. He's like, was like no, not that I one. I didn't do it. I did these ones, but not this no, one. Not this you, one. Not this, not one. this one. No, no, no. And then now it's like 
fuck well, all you guys. Just, yeah, I'm just yeah. gonna fucking start attacking people. So you was made Man. to sign a statement that he would not cause further commotion. I'm, I'm not really sure how that, that would make any difference, though. Because I'm like, <laughs> you sign a piece of paper. Can we get everyone to sign a piece of paper that says you won't murder someone? And then maybe that'll work, I guess. We'll get you to sign this little piece of paper that just says that you won't act out again. Yeah, please. Can we just like keep you a little calm? Thank this you. is our agreement. Now you got to keep calm. Yeah, because look at this paper right yeah, here. You said you wouldn't do it. <laughs> you signed this piece of paper. Oh, my God. I can't imagine that would deter him. So prosecutors requested the death penalty, which you thanked them for. Of course he did. You were sentenced to death on December 13th, 2004 for 20 counts of murder as they threw out the murder for the woman in Mudong. <sighs> and it was probably just because, like, it's not. It, they no, already fine. got him for all the other yeah. murders. Trying to but prove still, that one too would drag like, on that whole thing. That poor family. Yeah. Like, it's. You know what? It really fucking like. Sometimes I'm like, well, at least they got him for the twenty. But it's just like, yeah, but those two people. Yeah. Like the families of the two, that sucks so much because like, why couldn't you just throw them in? Why couldn't they get a little bit of closure? Why couldn't they? Because they're, I guess like, because they never found the body and they never, so oh, they, it's okay. one of those things where it's like, it's really hard to prosecute something yeah. like that. Okay. So yeah. Isn't that, no, that's not habeas corpus. Um, I think in the end they found about like nine to 11 bodies, but they didn't uh, find all of them. That sucks. Yeah. I mean, then the dude shouldn't have been confessing to the 20. <laughs> that's where he went wrong. <laughs> So he's currently still in jail as the death penalty is pretty much abolished in Korea and there hasn't been an execution since 1997, which I read in Wikipedia, but then I read another article about a different serial killer who was executed in the year 2000. So I'm not sure. Special circumstances, I don't know. So he said during his sentencing that he felt sorry for his victims who would kill 100 more if he was released. Yeah, see, that's the thing. Like, he's not... It doesn't seem like it's one of those things where, like, um, when they gave him the death penalty and he was like, thank you. Because I don't think he was, like, he knew that he was just going to keep killing because he fucking loved it. Yeah, he loves Um, it. But, like, not enough to, like, feel bad about it. You know what I mean? I think he feels bad. I think he he knows he should feel bad. Yeah. I think, like, he 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 definitely doesn't have any empathy for sure. But whatever. No, because he's very much like women shouldn't be sluts. They brought yeah. them on themselves. Being and rich sex people workers shouldn't have any like, money because fuck that. Like, it's like whatever. Those rich people didn't do anything to you. No. And there are people that can get rich without hurting other people. Yes. And I would agree that there are probably some rich people that have like gotten rich on the backs of other people and maybe they don't deserve, but they also don't deserve to, to die, die unless. It. They've like had killed a hand a ton in of killing people. other yeah. people. Like, no, that's a different story yeah, of like what's going on. There's always like an exception to the rule, but this yeah. dude, mm, he was something was definitely off yeah, about him. He was angry, and he was taking it out on all the wrong people. Mm-hmm. Just kill your fucking self. That's what he should have. Like, done. if you're gonna thank them for like giving you a death penalty, just, why didn't you just go kill yourself? Well, he's still alive right now. Oh uh, so you know. God, how so, old is he? Well, he's like seventy. So. So he's like 40. He'd be oh, like 49, yeah. He turns 50 next year, yeah. So Jesus. During his correspondence he with a reporter so while in jail, you would go on to say that the scariest moment was not when a de- decapitated head fell off of a hanger or when a headless body came running to me, which I thought was weird. I think there was like a loss in translation. Yeah. And I couldn't find the exact quote, so I couldn't read it, but whatever. It was when my son called while I was dismembering a body and asked if I still had a cold. That's when he got like the most scared. I didn't know he had kids. He had that one kid. He oh, had a, and, God, I forgot yeah. all about that. So, so his son, and that's what's scared. Oh, getting caught by a son. You know son, what? Because his son's opinion might actually matter to him yeah. still. Yeah. So this is, he's, he is, by the way, the most prolific serial killer in Korea. Because he pre- the previous one, I think, had killed about 11 or 12 people. He is now currently the most prolific at 20. God, yeah. Confirmed. And that's like, that's a high number, but it's also not a high number. Yeah. So fun fact corner, which Ooh. is what I call this. During my research period, I found an unverified but terrifying secondhand account encounter on Reddit by a Redditor named Whale Baboon. Baboon, yeah. Whale baboon. Whale baboon, titled The Man in the Yellow Raincoat. And I actually found this um, Reddit post from like a different article, someone yeah. writing about it. The user name's mom's friend lived in Korea in Seoul 
And while in the elevator going up, got on with a man in a yellow raincoat and a cap. His head was really low and she couldn't see his face, but felt really uneasy, especially after realizing that he hadn't pressed a button for a floor. Oh, shit. She also realized that he had something in his hand covered in a newspaper. She acted like she was calling her husband saying, oh, I'm on the elevator about to get off. Can you get the door for me? Like faking like a call. Yeah. And she quickly got off the elevator with her young daughter who was with her <gasps> while he slowly followed behind her. Oh, gosh. She banged on her own door saying, hey, yobo, I'm home. Like, hey, husband, I'm home. Please open the door. So he turns around and starts walking back. But the, the thing is in Korea is doors have codes on them. You don't use a key to get in. You use a code pad, like a keypad. So um, when he was far enough away, she pressed on her door passcode thing, but it makes a lot of noise when you do that. So he heard that and started running towards her. <gasps> so she screamed, threw her daughter in, and was able to slam the door and lock it before he got in. Oh, my gosh. And then she watched him from her peephole as he walked back towards the elevator. Several months later, she saw him again in the same yellow raincoat and hat when he was apprehended. And it's an unverified story. Yeah. Obviously, but when I read it, I was like, man, I need, oh to, t- I need to talk about this because it's really fucking crazy. Why did she not, like, I really hope that she, like, called down to, like, front desk or wherever it was and was always like, there's a fucking dude because... He'd be gone by the time anyone showed up. There's no front desk, like, even at oh, apartments, so yeah, right? But, yeah. I mean, like, still security, call security and be like, and told someone about that. If she had, maybe they would have caught him sooner. Maybe, or maybe they wouldn't have, because he was wearing a raincoat. So then, if it's yeah, raining but I mean, outside, it's like, like a yellow raincoat. Like yeah. maybe another sex worker had, like other people could have had, like it's, a. It sounded like because I was told that it was during the time when he was killing the rich people and not and before the okay. sex workers. Okay. So maybe he would have gone caught, but it, it would have just been like you would have been apprehended, like you're being weird, and that could have just been it. Yeah. Thank you for that story. No, nope, I really liked it. Uh, I love, I don't love serial killers. I like that you finally did a story on a serial killer. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I wanted to Korean. choose one that I didn't really know yeah. too much about. Yeah, I like. I just find it so fascinating. His well, his shit was weird and yeah. fascinating. Um, I kind of have a serial killer, but. Not really at the same time. So, uh, Otili Klimek was born in Poland in 1876, and mm-hmm. then she immigrated to the United States as an infant with her parents. We have a female killer. A female killer. Yes. What do you think she killed with? Mm-hmm. <laughs> not everyone could be Aileen Warnos, you know? <laughs> uh, so, not much is really known about her upbringing or anything like that, um, but she did grow up in Chicago. Later, she married her first husband, John Mikiewicz, Mikiewicz, uh, in 1895. Uh, and then, uh, like, 20 years later, in 1914, Tilly confided in one of her friends that she had a premonition, a psychic dream, you could say, uh, where she saw her husband's dead body, and she believed that it would happen in exactly two weeks and gave her friend the date. Oh, because she's psychic, and she's definitely... Yes. No hands. She just... She just had a premonition. She She just just came out of it. She just, it came out of nowhere, this dream. Well, two weeks later, John fell ill in the morning. And later on that night, on the exact day, he passed away from heart failure. And very soon after, like, the dude's not even, like, cold in the morgue. Tilly is, like, at the insurance company collecting John's insurance. Well, you know, it's hard. Being a widow is hard. Like, so quick yeah like next day you're like oh no how am i supposed to live now yeah oh no (laughs) oh no my My husband husband of like 20 years is gone what am i gonna do uh well it doesn't matter because two months later uh tilly meets and marries a young man named joseph ruskowski uh and shortly after moving in together tilly starts having her premonitions again And she tells her neighbors that she has seen Joseph's death, just like she saw John's. And uh, she told them where and when it would happen. And the neighbors just laughed it off mostly until a few weeks later when all of a sudden Joseph dies. And then the neighbors full on believe that Tilly is a psychic. I mean, this was like the 18, like the late 1800s. Uh, Early 1900s. Okay, all right. 
Uh, which I mean, like regardless, still so, come on neighbors. Like why are you believing? Witchcraft. Yeah. Witchcraft. So the neighbors start like coming to her and asking her for like, uh, like have you had a premonition about me? Uh, is my husband, what's the die? winning lottery ticket numbers and, uh, whatever. So if she had that. She'd already be really rich. Yeah. She well, she was collecting that life insurance money. Yes. Uh, a couple of weeks later after Joseph's passing, Otilly starts dating another man named John Myers. Uh, and then again, she starts having her dreams and she's sharing them with the neighbors. And then she had even told John, I'm having these dreams that you've died. And then supposedly in one article, she had actually confessed to John that she had killed the two previous, uh, husbands. And he was stupid enough to stay with her. Um, no, he then breaks it off. Okay. Uh, but Tilly, um, or sorry. So he breaks it off with Tilly and then the next day he's found dead. But I don't really know if she actually confessed to him. That was just an article that I had read. Uh, but she had once again told her neighbors, Oh my, I'm surrounded. Like these people keep dying around me. I don't know. Stop dating people. Like, and the neighbors were like, Whoa, you really are a psychic. And I'm just Uh, like, Whoa, this bitch is killing these dudes and nobody is realizing. Maybe she just looked so meek and no she no. was an ugly sh- like she was an ugly short fat woman and like people were like i don't even understand how she was collecting all these men she had nothing going for her she just she, just, she had that aura about her, yeah, her witchcraft she was just bringing in yeah. all the dick uh so then afterwards a couple weeks or a couple months later tilly meets and marries frank cupstick and now Tilly is even joking around with the neighbors about how, <clears throat> sorry. And then shortly after they move in together, Tilly starts joking around with the neighbors again about how Frank doesn't have very much time left. Uh, he's going to die soon. Oh she apparently goodness. even made Frank's or jokes to Frank about him dying and would kiss him goodbye as he left for work saying, not much longer now. Oh my and gosh. I'm like, Why did he stay? Frank, buddy. Get the fuck out of there, Frank. <laughs> This chick has three dead bodies in her fucking closet. Like, red flags. Like, Did red no flags one tell him when everywhere. he started dating her? Like, yeah, like, all three of her previous relationships all died. Yeah. Like, immediately. Like, you should probably... I mean, she's joking around with him. Like, he knows. He, she has money, though, so maybe that's what's uh, true. Not enough. She was only... Get, like, now, it's back in the, like, early 1900s, but she was only getting, like, a couple thousand. That's a lot yeah, of money. Yeah, it was a lot of money, yeah. but, like, she wasn't living, like, a super lavish lifestyle. But still a lot of money. Yeah. So... Um... Got that sugar mama money. Yeah. So... Listen, everybody. <laughs> if you're dating someone... Or about to marry someone and like they've had like their previous partners have like mysteriously died. Mm-hmm. And then she's like joking around with you about how like you don't have very much time left. Um, and, they, time. and then they are also like coming to you like, hey, baby, let's like go take out three life insurance policies out on you. It's probably not a good um, sign. Like you, you need to get the fuck out because they're going to kill you. It's just they're going to kill you. <laughs> Frank. okay frank so (laughs) i mean tilly even had a coffin she had a coffin in the basement of her apartment like she had gone to her uh landlady and was like can i like open up some storage in the basement i have this coffin that i got on for sale that i just like want to store there like she even she had the coffin ready to go for frank and it's just like she's fucking killing her husbands. Like, and no one, like, no, no one says anything. No, she just casually had this spare coffin that she yeah. picked up at a bargain That's shop what I for do real cheap. It, mm-hmm. <laughs> That's where I want my coffin from, obviously. Yeah. Uh. So, no shocker at all. Uh, Frank starts getting sick, and he ends up in the hospital. And as he's dying in the hospital, Tilly is by his bedside, knitting a little morning hat. This little red black hat that she's going to like wear later because uh, she can't use the ones that she previously knitted from her other no. husbands. That would be just disgraceful. Um, and then Frank dies. So bye, Frank. She's trying to show him respect. Yeah. Yeah. So now that she's accurately predicted all of these deaths, uh, more people start coming to her for psychic advice or whatever, which is 
you know, weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the neighborhood totally eats it up. And like she starts predicting like her neighbors are going to die. And like this person's going to die. And like this person's going to die. And then they fucking do like just random people, which is adding more flair. So which she's I'm just only like, good at telling you who's going to die. Yeah. So not a good, useful <clears throat> skill that you actually want no but it's also just like why are you going to her well then eventually there's no tv you know how boring yeah (laughs) after some of the neighbors and stuff start dying people then start like getting a little scared of her and they're like when they pass her in the hallway they don't want to stop and talk to her because they're afraid that she's gonna tell her you're next Mm -hmm. um so later in 1921 tilly goes on to marry her fourth husband my gosh this dude's name is joseph klemek so we've got a John, a Joseph, then another John, and then another Joseph. That's those and J's. Frank. Oh. Frank was the one right in the middle. So yay, Frank. <laughs> but a lot of Johns and <sighs> a lot of Johns and Josephs. Um and shortly after the wedding, Joseph starts getting sick. And so he goes in the hospital and then the doctors uh start like catch it on a little bit and they're like she uh, he's got arsenic poisoning they run their tests they get their confirmation and tilly gets arrested um reportedly while the police were a uh, police officer was arresting her tilly stated to him the next one i want to cook dinner for is you oh uh because girl loved the dick mm-hmm. and she just couldn't help herself so the police go and exhume her three previous husbands and it turns out that all of them had lethal doses of arsenic in the system which is just like i mean i get it's the 20s but how do they not like just check, like do like a blood panel on I like think, these I dead bodies? I think back bodies? then they used to like burn the bodies and then smell it. And if it smelled like almond, that's how they knew. <laughs> I think I read that somewhere. That's like how they found out if you had the like arsenic or cyanide poisoning. Uh, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure just, that's right. There should just be a chemical panel that goes through like this every was dead the body. early 1900s. Yeah. You know, they're just like yeah. it's. It is. They probably didn't even is. have this kind of testing. Remember bloodletting yeah, and yeah. cocaine. Oh my gosh. Yeah, this so. is fucking, healthcare has been a real mess. <laughs> it still is a real mess, but, but it's a, yeah. a little bit better now. So now the police have her on all the murders and she's like, what me? No, it wasn't no. me. And then she blames it all on her cousin, Nellie Kulik saying that she had gone to Nellie frustrated with her relationship with Frank and that Nellie had told her to get a divorce. But Tilly was like, nah, I got to get rid of him in another way. Mm-hmm. And then Nellie supposedly gave her a whole bunch of rat poison to give to Frank. And it's just like, well, then Nellie didn't fucking kill. Nellie didn't kill Frank, you dumb bitch. Like, she just gave you the, she told you to get a divorce. And you were like, nah, divorce isn't going to really work for me. I got to get rid of him in a different way. Yeah. Well, how many ways are you going to get rid of your husband if it's not divorce? There's divorce and then there's murder. murder. Like, you don't. Maybe have a lot of really options. lucky and he'll die yeah. naturally. Unlikely. Yeah, unless she like, you know, helps it along. Mm. Okay, so the police go and they arrest Nellie. And that's when they start discovering that there were a lot more people dying around these two fucking psychos. Uh, and the police believe that they had killed them. So from 1912, we're going to backtrack a little bit because this is 1920s, but we're going to go back. So from 1912 to 1915, Tilly was living with some of her cousins. And during that time, three of them passed away. Jeez. Stanley, who was, ni- who was 16, died in 1912. Stell was age 23. She died in 1913. And Helen was 15, and she died in 1915. Apparently, Tilly was taking care of them all when they fell ill, according to the children's parents. Uh, and they all passed away mysteriously. Sure. Just killing her fucking totally cousins. normal. In 1917, Nellie Kulik's uh, daughter, so the the cousin's daughter, Sophie, and her granddaughter, Dorothy, both died shortly after having dinner at Tilly's. Dorothy was only two years old at the time. Oh, no. A month later, Sophie's twin brother, Ben, mysteriously passed away. The following year, in 1918, Nellie's first husband, Wojek Strummer, died. And when they exhumed his body later in 1923, they discovered that he also died from arsenic poisoning. She really like. I mean, she picked. She picked her poison. Well, yeah, and, the, and they they're stuck to it. Yep. Um, her son uh, Nellie's son John was also getting sick, uh, but he recovered shortly after his father died, and then he believed that his mother was the one poisoning him. Oh wow. Nellie's other daughter Lillian lived at the Tilly's home for a year at the age of thirteen, and the entire time she was there, she was deathly sick whenever she ate food. Luckily, she recovered, but suffered from heart trouble for the rest of her life. Rose Split, who was a neighbor, received 
poison candy. Sorry, she received candy poison with arsenic from Tilly after Tilly saw her fourth husband, Joseph, talking to her. What? So she just like saw her neighbor talking to her husband and then like gave that her a fucking die. bunch of like yep. poison candy. Uh, and she fucking pat like she died. So just ugh. uh Stell Grantowski was a sister of one of Tilly's ex-boyfriends, also received arsenic lace candies from a from Tilly uh after the two of them got into a fight. Like mm-hmm. she was just fucking you piss me off, I'm gonna kill you. Like uh Bessie Cupstick uh was the sister-in-law of Frank's, fell ill to arsenic poisoning after eating a meal at Tilly's, but luckily later recovered. And last but certainly not least, a little dog down the street had apparently annoyed Tilly and died from no, ar- arsenic dog. poisoning. So a total of where total of 22 victims, 14 of which died to arsenic. Uh and then once that hit the papers, the media dubbed her the high priestess of Bluebird Cle- the Click in South Poland. Or of Poland, which is this little area. I wonder if she's the in. most prolific female serial killer in Poland. Well, it's not in Poland. This was in Chicago. Oh, in Chicago. Yeah, she was born in Poland, and then she. This yeah. is all happening in Chicago, yeah, in the little yeah, Polish yeah. area. Uh, in March of 1923, um, yeah, in March of 1923, Tilly was convicted of murder for her husband Frank Kupstick because it was the only one that they could really like mm-hmm. pin on her. And was given a life sentence in prison, which is the harshest sentence ever given to a woman in Cook County. She died in prison in 1936. Nellie, on the other hand, uh, she was acquitted, and there's no other information on her. No. The end. Jesus. That was my. Like, <laughs> like, we got our female serial killer. We got this is serial killer corner. Yeah, <laughs> serial killer. Well, yeah. Well, she's more of a black widow. Well, yeah. I guess she is she's technically a serial killer because she the. But it's like there's still time resting yeah, between. They, they don't really know who was killing all the cousins because like there were some family members that were Tilly's and then there were the rest. Of, it was basically all of Nellie, like Nellie's husbands and her kids. So it could also be Nellie. But then she's yeah. like, but, you know, there's this other girl. Yeah. But I mean, Nellie could have been fucking killing her kids, yeah. too. And then that's why she had all that rat poison to, to give to Tilly. You should not like, have kids if you're not going to just going to be yeah murdering them yeah for no reason ah they killed the two-year-old it's just i wish that i could have gotten a little bit more reasoning as to like why they killed these other ones i think they're just annoyances in their lives like the just inconvenience them slightly and we're just like i don't want them anymore yeah you've pissed me off you know you talked back to me at dinner time so now i'm gonna dump rat poisoning into your next meal yeah uh peace out so i'm gonna do my last two shout outs because i did my first one in the beginning um, the Dark Roast Pod is a podcast with these two girls talk about like true crime as well as like dark subjects. Like I listened to one about um, vampires and stuff. Ooh. And then, you know, they're really cool and they're really funny and they have really good banter among each other. Yeah. And another one it was a murder I was going to cover that I might eventually someday. But um, this podcast is from Britain. It's called Murder on Our Minds, and they just covered the otaku killer, um, Sutomu Miyazaki. And, like, I was, was going to cover him. That. I was I looking, looking into that, that one, too. Yeah. yeah, but I'm like, you know, like, I it, if I'm not going to cover it, at yeah. least I can say someone else did. So yeah. they're also available yeah. on iTunes from so what I So if you were, like, super into these stories, like, here's some other podcasts that were, like, that we suggest like we suggest them and out. are you know yeah. great so yeah great. <laughs> so thank you so much for listening if yes. you like us please rate review email yeah, at people keep dying at gmail.com you can find us on our social medias uh, yes. we're most active i would say probably on instagram. instagram but i will respond to you on twitter if you i don't use twitter just because i don't really know how to utilize it properly yeah. old and even though old people use twitter all the time i just never because we're not here to like get into fights about donald trump no i'm not and like, i feel like that's really all twitter's for or like being like obsessed with th- certain things but yeah. i don't you know yeah. i like pictures pictures are really nice hopefully you're not dead next week and you yeah. can still listen to our next episode bye bye